helping again, take that decision-making fatigue. We make 4 million decisions as parents. All you'll have to figure out is one, what does my kid like? Or two, what skill am I targeting? Toddlers have this desire to know why. And so when we tell them, hey, just listen, it shuts down. But when we tell them that we listen so that we can participate in a new activity so that everybody stays safe, so that everyone feels included and heard because they like to feel included and heard. And we right. give them that why it's powerful. That's going to be a big one for me. I mean, I need about five bins of listening. Because my kids don't listen. I need my sass back. Oh, you too. Well... If you're done with a hot mess and ready to cook up some hot mess, Mama, I got you. Hey, I'm Deb, Mama at Sass and Smalls. You're listening to Sass and Small Talk. We're going to talk about all the things, the mess, the cleanups, chasing the kids while chasing the dream. Join us here as we continue to find perfection in the imperfection of family life while keeping things as sassy as they've always been before the drool, meltdowns, and potty mishaps came into the picture. I'm always looking for a way to fight through the funk of mamahood and find my sass. And I know I'm not alone. So grab your poison, throw on your comfy, and let's talk. Dallin, I need my sass back. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Sass and Small Talk. What a wonderful way to start the new year, having our very first guest on the show, Renee Jordan of Early Bird. She's a mom of two, a business owner, an educator, and a curriculum designer with degrees in educational child development and instructional design. She, along with co-founder, fellow mama, and very talented designer, Sarah Hunter, developed Early Bird. She's here with us today as I've had some challenges um, balancing life here as a homeschool mama to my school-age kiddo while having a preschool schooler, toddler in tow. And so she's got some pretty remarkable solutions to keep my little guy curious, stimulated and constantly learning. And we're super excited to share some of those ideas with you today. You will see her passion and her commitment to ensuring that all kids, including her own, have a strong start that they so deserve in life. Introducing Renee Jordan. Hi, Renee. So good to have you on here. I'm good. How are you? Good. Enjoying the snow we're having. And I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm glad that we're in the same city so we can kind of, you know, enjoy the weather together, even though we're not together. But I'm very, I'm very happy to have you on here. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am so excited to be here. I have Renee Jordan here, this beautiful face uh, in front of me. Unfortunately, we cannot be together, but um, this, this will have to do. She is here to enlighten me and to tell us, you know, what she does and how she can help us. I believe me, I need you. This is how I came across this beautiful face, Renee. Um, I happen upon an account thanks to our friends at West Nest, the West Nest, our wonderful friend, Lindsay, who connected us to Lacey from Life of Lacey Jeanette. And I actually have never heard of her until I saw this wonderful live stream. And so when I saw Renee on there, I was through, I was like, she's my people. She's my people. I need to talk to her. I need a piece of that in my life. <laughs> and so I'm just going to let you just introduce yourself and, um, and then I'll kind of go into the history of why you would you know, make a huge difference in our family's life. But um, yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, Renee. 
Yeah, well, I am so happy to be here and I'm so happy that all of us island moms are connecting and growing and pointing each other in the right direction and so that we can all make sense of these early years. And so uh, I am one of the co-founders of Early Bird with my partner, Sarah. We launched uh, at the end of 2020, a early learning and development company, which we'll talk about more later. But who I am before all of that is that I was a special ed teacher I, um, after going to grad school in New York City, I worked at a neurodevelopmental uh, or worked as a learning specialist at a neurodevelopmental pediatric practice in New York City for several years. But it wasn't until I had my son Anderson that I sort of melded everything together. And I used all of that neurodevelopmental expertise. And I started doing it at home with Anderson with the goal of getting him set up for success. And I started sharing it on Instagram mostly because I didn't want to spam all of my friends with kid account stuff. And so I started a second account to basically just show my mom um, and it's grown from there. And now uh, we're in this thick of this like early bird thing and it's super exciting. Now, would you say that COVID times had inspired this or was this even well before COVID? I started it before COVID. I was living in Seattle away from family and um, started doing it at home then. But I would say that in COVID times, especially I started my second mat leave in the middle of a pandemic and mat leaves look different. It wasn't, there aren't the baby groups, there aren't the library readings, there aren't all of these things to be connecting with other moms and um building that sense of community in person. And so I started even more actively doing the things at home with my second child, Francis, and sharing more and more online and building all these digital connections, like with Lindsay and with Lacey and with you. And so COVID, it started before COVID, but COVID has been sort of what gave it legs. Some good came out of these pandemic times. And, you know, a big part of that is, is kind of parental kind of involvement in the learning of our of our kids right and I, and I myself being an online business mom work at home mom um, I'm I'm kind of forced into the situation where I'm the educator you know for those first early months and then later it became like now I'm homeschool mom and I'm owning it I love it but my focus has always been on my school age child and her being, you know, 10 year old grade four at the time when this all went. No, it all went down grade. Oh, my gosh. It all went down when she was in grade three. Oh, my God. It's been years. <laughs> what in the world? Then I have this toddler who was just like, you know, he was just absorbing information as we kind of play with him. And, you know, you hear learn through play. That's a big part of it. He's really picking things up, which is amazing. And then he actually started preschool this year and I was super excited about it, but he got sick every week. Oh no, every two weeks, every week and a half. He got sick and it would just push us back even more. It would push my daughter back learning because I was always snuggling with him. And then, you know, just the balance has just been just crazy. And so we pulled him out of preschool. And I happened upon your account around the time I was making this decision. So I'm going to tell you something, girl, <laughs> your account, because I went and, and I did the whole stalker thing. And I'm like, let's see who this Renee is all about. And so I'm reading about you and I'm reading your, your strategies and, you know, your background. I thought, oh, my God, she's the answer. The, it's like the, the heavens opened up, the clouds parted, and then like out came Renee and Sarah and all your wonderful knowledge. And I, this is where I'm having an issue is that I have all these ideas in my head. I'm, I'm a Pinterest follower, all the fun things, but putting it together 
is my issue. I don't have time. I'm already busy with my daughter. I, I can barely make it to the kitchen to cook for these people, let alone put things together. And so that's what I loved about your, your work and your service to other families. So could you tell us a little bit more and dig a little deeper on what you offer as a as far as a service? And then I'll tell you why. Well, pretty much you'll know why, like my readers and listeners will know why she is so awesome. Talk to me. But yeah, that is exactly what Early Bird is hoping to do is help parents and childcare providers sort of make sense of these early years. Because we know from all of the research, we know that right now about 56% of kids are starting kindergarten from behind with at least a challenge in one core developmental area. And we have this longitudinal data. We're looking at people in their 60s and 70s, and we're seeing that if they started kindergarten from behind, they aren't catching up in school. But not only that, their college enrollment is lower. Their job prospects are lower. Their income earning potential is lower. And on the positive side of that, kids that started school strongly, we're seeing this generational protectiveness in that their kids and their grandkids are also performing better. And so it sort of shows us that like, like you said, your son is this giant sponge and he's soaking up so much. And yes, we are a play-based learning company. We fully believe in play-based learning, but purposeful play. So we hope that we can teach parents and childcare providers how to play with a little bit of purpose that will get their kids learning and developing all of those neurodevelopmental constructs that are going to set them up for success. And so we give you all of the information. We tell you what skills they need to be doing. And then not only that, we take it a step further. We give you all of the activity ideas and all of the printable resources. So you can just print and play. We have a lot of no print stuff, but you can just pick something out on our platform, print it out and get going. And our whole goal is that you can do this, no teacher training required and no fancy materials. You don't need a hundred dollar toy. You don't need a fancy preschool tuition. You have the power to do all of these things. And even if you don't want to learn all those neural developmental constructs, you can just be like, hey, Renee, hey, Sarah, you do the thinking for me. I'm just going to log yes. on to Early Bird. I'm going to pick something and I'm going to have the confidence to know that my child's cognitive development is growing and being impacted just by doing this like 10, 15 minute activity once a day, a couple of times a week, whatever works with your family rhythm. Most parents are well-intentioned. We have these plans. We write down our goals. You know, it's the start of 2022. I'm going to just kill it with homeschool. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to do this. And then next thing you know, it's 2023. And I'm like, what did my kid learn? And I think that's, I mean, giving our ourselves credit, all of our, us parents, we're doing the best we can. But I want to leave some of that planning and some of that, the neurodevelopmental expectations and, and, and milestone, you know, kind of the measurement. I want, I want to leave that to the professionals. And I think that's where you, you are just an answer to my prayer because I'm also part of the sandwich generation. So I'm taking care of my, my aging parents. I'm taking care of my daughter. She's got some special learning accommodations that, that, that need to be um, in place. And then I've got this sponge for a son who's dying to learn and he's super independent. And I think this is also what drew me to you as well, is that you encourage your program encourages this amazing independent learning even though you do, of course, encourage the parents to be involved, it's it's like 
the guidance is there, but don't know it as well, obviously, as you do. So talk to me about that. That's my goal. Independent play. And like I always joke, my goal for my own kids is to make them rock stars in kindergarten so that they can do all of these things independently. And I'm a big fan of drinking hot coffee while they play and learn. And so the first couple times that I do an activity, I do. I do it with Anderson and I do it with Francis and I teach them how to do it. We dig in really deep. But then with that Instagram live that you saw with Lacey, we dug into it where I set up task bins. So I keep all of my early bird materials organized into different bins and I've set up the activities in there and then from there Anderson gets to go and choose which bin he likes so we have a sticker bin we have a coloring bin um we have a play-doh bin and I know you're like well I have coloring I have play-doh I have all of these things and that's what early bird wants to show you we give you the purposeful ways to use all of these materials that you already have to get your kids school ready and so he goes into these bins and then he starts doing it independently and normally when it's me doing this direct instruction with him the first time it's a short activity like kids on average usually only have an intention span that's two to five times their age so for a three-year-old if he hangs out for 15 minutes that's fantastic that was a great lesson but what I start to see when he goes and we do this whole thing called child-led learning, where he goes and he selects a task bin and chooses his own activity he plays for so much longer and he takes it in a completely different direction. And so that's the goal of Early Bird. We give you these purposeful materials to get your kid learning. And then we're also going to help you have some hot coffee, hopefully, and get them learning independently. Yes, yes to the hot coffee. I I absolutely love this. And I'm going to put in the show notes um, in the comment section, um, the, the link to yours and Lacey's live stream. I, I think I can get my hands on that. Um, with Lacey's permission, um, because I think that video was really great. It 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 did show it, it's what pulled me in. Right. And you know, it's one of those things where what I love is that you encourage the use of tools that we already have accessible to us, because I think the biggest problem is like we're just spending so much money on learning stuff. And really, are they opening the books? Like, do they want just these books like or we have like an abundance of toys and I just, I want, I love what you said about pur- purposeful play. Like I, a big issue that I had, and this is not to throw anyone under the bus or anything like that, but I was, I took someone very literally. I mean, I was a new mom with, you know, a new preschool mom, I guess, with my daughter. And I had already suspected some learning stuff there when she was younger. She'd actually had a concussion and was really worried about stuff like that. And she was entering kindergarten and um, someone had told me, a professional who had said, your mom, just be mom, just be present and let us do all the work. Let's let's let us do all the teaching. And I appreciate I had the sigh of relief because I felt like I was doing her injustice. And the truth is, and this is where I really felt connected with you, Renee, if you do have a chance to read Renee's background, she actually imported from New York to the islands here in Canada, Vancouver Island, for fertility treatment. And that's where, you know, and anyone who's followed me for years Um, That was our biggest thing. I feel like fertility has really brought me together with a bunch of beautiful souls, beautiful women who understand the struggles of fertility issues. And so I was really appreciative of that. And so anyway, whatever the case, I spent the entire how many years of her toddler years, my daughter, I spent it grieving 
I just cried all the time. That's all I did. I cried all the time. And then I had mom guilt because, you know, mom guilt is just like all over the place. And so it, I was heavy on the mom guilt. I, I entered kindergarten. I'm like, I don't know if I taught her anything. I feel like she knows nothing. And then I took the teacher quite literally, it wasn't a t- it was someone else, but she had, she had said, let the teachers do their work. You just play with her and just be with her. And I think that's great. I think I believe that we should just be present. But I love what you said about purposeful play and having some sort of direction so we can kind of go in with confidence. Right. And I feel like I have some regrets. You know, I don't want to do what I did with my daughter where I just kind of like, well, let's just we traveled all the time. I used to work for fashion for kids. We went to New York all the time, actually. Funny. See, there's another parallel lady. Yeah, we went to Fashion Week, Kids Fashion Week, and she would travel. So she was well-rounded as far as travel. She she could tell you all about an airplane. But we never did. We didn't do as much purposeful play. And I think I have regrets. And I know I shouldn't be beating myself over that. But I have a second chance now, right? And so I love what you're offering. This is very new. I have never seen anything like this. It's kind of like, would you say it's kind of like a membership subscription boxish online version kind of thing? We are the way that like your homeschool mom and the way most learning materials are accessed right now is like a $5 one-time download for one activity. And it requires you to scour Pinterest and YouTube and go through and curate everything yourself and find them from here and find them from there, which really, like, as you said, as a mom who's juggling a million different things, it makes it really hard to know and not get burdened down with that cognitive load and decision-making. So we hope that Early Bird can just like take all that decision-making, all that scouring, the scrolling of Pinterest and the saving of Instagram activities and put it all in one place. But not only that, our stuff is, it's not just an activity. Yes, we're going to keep your toddler busy, but we're also going to get them learning. So we give you all of the developmental skills that this one little activity is targeting so that you can take a deep breath and know that you're doing a good job and that you are getting your kid where they need to go and that it isn't hard. It is simple. And like the educator, the person that gave you feedback, she's not wrong. As a parent, we do just want to play with our kids, but we sort of have this mentality in education where education lives in an ivory tower, that teachers and educators and professors are the knowledge keepers. And we stand up at a platform and we lecture and impart it and that it should be sequestered behind closed doors. But early bird, we're hoping that we can show parents and childcare providers that all of this is simple, that it's easy, that yes, there's a whole bunch of fancy terms when it comes to the neurodevelopmental constructs and that like things like active working memory and bilateral coordination and phonemic awareness or all of these really complex jargony words. But really all that means is that they can hold a pencil with one hand and the paper with the other and that they understand their letter sounds and that they can do multi-step instructions. Like we're going to make it simple for you and show you that it's things like with coloring and with sticker activities and Play-Doh, things that your kids actually like. You don't need fancy flashcards and worksheets and all of that to get your kids school ready. You can do it in a way that you're playing and you are just playing with them as a mom, but you're playing with purpose. Now you are talking about prep for kindergarten. How could this translate for a homeschool um, educator? I, I, I mean, it would it be kind of similar or would you kind of finesse it for someone like me who could potentially 
homeschool just because we're, I mean, just to give you a quick history, I never plan on homeschooling my kids. Then the pandemic happened. And then my daughter just blossomed in the homeschool environment. She's a one-on-oneer. My son, he's very social. He's outgoing. But I'm also seeing the advantage of keeping him here at home just for the educational portion of things and then keeping them extremely social outside of all this, you know, once we're all safe, of course, mask on, blah, blah, blah. But I think the homeschool environment is 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 something that a lot of people are actually starting to see as an effective way to teach their kids. So how would you translate your services specifically to the homeschool kind of population? So we're an online learning platform and we have a monthly membership that I think is about $8 a month. So the price of a fancy coffee. Um, and so we actually have a bunch of homeschoolers that are homeschooling because we're the early years are messy. All of these skills, they start developing at birth and they're not going to be intact until they're about six or seven. And you keep repetitively building these same skills and they increase with independence. And so we have a bunch of homeschool parents on the platform um, that are doing this with their three, uh, four, five, and six-year-olds, so kindergarten and grade one students as well. And they're using early bird as their entire curriculum versus a lot of the other homeschool curriculums that are out there are costly. Um, And so we have enough on our platform that, and like you're a homeschool parent, you know how much, like you're not doing six hours of school a day in homeschool. There's so much learning that happens as kids just go through their regular life. Like you said, when your daughter was on a plane and going a fashion week. There's so much rich learning and language and numeracy in everyday life. So the actual structured schooling that you're doing is probably an activity or two a day. And so we have enough on the early bird platform that a homeschool parent could go on with their child and let them pick. Like that's the really cool thing. We're a really visual platform. So every single step of our instructions has a visual. Like, so you could actually just look at all of our pictures and be like, bing, bang, boom, I can set up that activity. Um, but what I'm hearing from homeschool parents is they'll log on in the morning, they'll school scroll through some of our visual, like some of the pictures with their kids, their kids will pick it and they'll set it up and they'll go and that'll be their learning activity for the day. And then they'll discuss it later. And so we can be that one-stop shop for parents that are doing that early years or looking to even build those foundational skills. We've also started to see, um, I have some members on the early bird platform that have kids that are in grade two and three, but they're struggling with those foundational reading skills. Like they still don't have those letter sounds and stuff yet. And so they're coming to the early bird platform to do play-based ways because as you mentioned that your daughter is having some learning like diversities right now yeah. and kids that are feeling that emotion tend to shut down when anything looks like school. So if you put a worksheet in front of them, they usually get an emotional response and they're just not feeling it. But if you pull out a deck of letter cards and you play go fish and you do it with letter sounds, they're totally into it because they're playing totally. games with their mom mm-hmm. and they're building those foundational skills. So yes, we're targeting zero to five because there is such a need to get kids school ready. Like even the United Nations has said by 2030 that every um, kid across the globe needs access to rich early learning. And their strategy for that is to empower parents and caregivers with the skills to lead purposeful play. Like that is in their wow. mandate for sustainable living goals. Uh, but 
Yes. This is everything on early bird is building those foundational reading, writing, math, and also motor and social emotional, which people tend to forget. We put all of our focus on if a kid can read or if they know their numbers and we forget that they need to be able to regulate their emotions. They need to walk through life with kindness. They need to be able to yes. understand empathy and that they also need some of those motor skills to be able to write and do their own zippers and undo their own lunch kits. Like those are just as foundational as the reading and writing skills and equally as cognitive. Those are also cognitive skills that they need to learn. So we're trying to be that one-stop shop that covers all of the core developmental domains in a way that's accessible and easy and affordable. What would be an example of something like the everyday life stuff, like teaching kindness? What would be put in a, in a bin, I guess? Like a, how, how, how could I envision this? So at home with my kids, we actually have a calm down bin. So we're working really, really hard right now on regulating our emotions. So self-regulation has yeah. shown that like it, the research shows that kids that can self-regulate do better in school anyways, yeah. um, because if you have control over your emotions and you're able to identify your emotions and you're able to work mm -hmm. through them um, that you just function better. And yes. so we have a calm down bin with, we have um, on the earlier platform, we have an emotions, visual emotions chart. And so Anderson can, even before he was able to, now he has a really rich vocabulary, like emotional vocabulary. Awesome. But awesome. before that, he was able to point to the chart and tell me what he was feeling. We have our um, glitter jar in there, which is a nice like sensory regulation jar. We have our social stories on the early bird platform. We have a whole bunch of social stories, which are just very clear, assisting to the point, printable stories that teach things like how to handle the word no and strategies like, okay, so mom says, no, we can't go to the park today, but yes, I can go play with my toys. So trying mm -hmm. to find that yes in things. Um, one's on listening. So we have our visual representation of listening and what yeah. listening looks like so that they know what to do with their bodies when they're listening so that they need to have their ears listening, their eyes looking, their hands still. Um, and also giving them, toddlers have this desire to know why. And so when we yes. tell them, hey, just listen, it shuts down. But when we tell them that we listen so that we can participate in a new activity so that everybody stays safe, so that everyone feels included and heard because they like to feel included and heard. And we right. give them that why it's powerful. And so that's what social stories do for them. We're so hung up on the skills, the skill set, the numbers, the letters. We try to implement teaching kindness and empathy and emotion regulation, self-regulation, all that. We try to implement that in our everyday, but it's true. Again, it's not purposeful teaching. We're just kind of like, I want opportunities to be able to say to my son, this is how you look when you're sad or this is how, I, or this is how we listen. That's going to be a big one for me. I mean, I need about five bins of listening. Because totally. my kids don't listen. You know what I love about this too? I love how you said that it kind of goes beyond the five years. My daughter loves to teach my son. That empowers her. And I think another kind of thing that I can, like the wheels are turning, right? I can envision her kind of guiding him with a bin and, or like he'll choose the bin and then she kind of partners with him. And then teaching and learning happens simultaneously on both ends. Yeah. And I love that. And my son loves to pretend play. So he loves to pretend he's a teacher. She loves to pretend she's a teacher. They pretend they're in a market. I noticed that you had like money stuff going on. You even have a little coffee thing. But this is why I love Renee. She's my people. She put a lot of, I know you and Sarah, both moms, 
She's a designer. I don't know who came up with this concept with the coffee or that hot cocoa thing, but oh my God. Like, I was like, I want that. I want that. I mean, there's a lot of a la carte activities that I was super attracted to. Now, my question is, for a mom like me, who's ADHD, I've got about a million things going on in my head. You have a lot to choose from. You really do. So my question is, do you have any recommendations either on the site or if we do any one-on-one chats with you or whatever, you know, to get some guidance from you? Are there recommendations on how to go about choosing? I mean, I know you want you want to encourage them to eventually choose for themselves, but to be able to cover kind of all facets. Do you have any recommendations of how parents can start to choose? Because I know for me, I was a little overwhelmed by how much was available. Where could we start? So that's actually a perfect segue. Sarah and I are going to be launching, and we're just tweaking it up with the developer that's helping us, but we're launching themes. Um, So we have all of our things in all one spot, but we're also going to have themes. So if your kid loves dramatic play, we'll have a dramatic play theme where you can go and it'll have all of our dramatic play ones from there and they can choose from there. Or if you have a kid that's working on their alphabet knowledge and that's the skill that you're targeting, you can go there and you can pick one of the activities. So sort of helping again, take that decision-making fatigue. We make 4 million decisions as parents, but how do we know which one to do in this real moment? And so we're hoping that all you'll have to figure out is one, what does my kid like? Or two, what skill am I targeting? If You have the answer to those two things. You'll be able to find a theme and there'll be a curated selection of activities. And then you just select and go. Do you recommend this for, let's say, daycares, different ages, different stages, but within that zero to five age group? That's the cool thing about these early years is that all of these skills, because I said that they start and then they build and they're recycled again and again until they get there. We actually had over Christmas because we have a gift subscription too. And so if you're a mom who wants to get their kids like school ready, but your kids in childcare or you work full time, a lot of um, parents gifted to their childcare provider uh, an early bird subscription this Christmas, which was super fun. So we're seeing a whole bunch of daycares and childcares using us as well. And because normally then in a, in a preschool or a daycare setting, they'll set up welcome centers in the morning and that's what the early bird activities are perfect for. So they'll usually have like a couple tables set up, sort of like the task bin idea that Lacey and I talked about, but in a bigger capacity where then the kids go and choose from there. And so, yeah, so our goal at early bird is sort of to meet anybody where they're at. And we're constantly thinking and getting feedback from all of our members on what makes this the most usable for them. What element can we add to the platform that makes this even richer of an experience for them? Is it just like month to month? This is all that's available that month and then this month. And how does that work technically? So that's what we do differently. You, once you sign up, you have access to everything forever. And so we do have a weekly newsletter that we send out with the new activities um, and also usually a little digestible bit about early childhood development. Um, But once it's up on the platform, you can have access to it forever. And we also have capacity on the platform to save activities. So if you see something that comes through in the weekly email and you're like, oh, that would be great. But my kid's busy doing this thing now. It'll be great for two weeks down the road. You can open it up click save and it'll save it to your saved folder um, so that then you can go back and find it again when you actually do need it. Would you say that a parent would probably, you know, do a week 
in advance planning or is it kind of a day to you were saying first thing in the morning I'm not really in a morning person Renee <laughs> fair I I'm a night owl do I do this on Sunday kind of like meal planning kind of thing or is this a day-to-day thing or I mean what do you recommend for people like and me I, oh, I get that question a lot like how many activities should I be doing and and my answer is probably wishy-washy in that it's whatever fits with your family rhythm there is no wrong way to do any of this if you are exposing your ch- child to these unique experiences they're going to do awesome um and so if it was a homeschool parent then yeah you're going to be a little bit more structured. You're going to do all your planning on a Sunday night, much like a teacher does. And you're going to be like, here are the five things. The nice thing about a lot of the early bird materials is that you use them again and again. So you could just pick a few activities and do them multiple times that week. Like art projects are usually a one-time hit, but we have a lot of learning games. We have a lot of math games. We have a bunch of um, motor activities that are art related, like sticker activities and coloring activities. So you can just print off a bunch of those paper clip the stickers to them and you're good to go for that week. Um, If you are a stay-at-home parent that eventually will have their kid in care or in a preschool program, you're probably going to do an activity like every other day. You're going to use it more to buy yourself that 15 minutes. You're going to use it because you want to keep your child busy and learning, but you also need to get the dishes done. Um, Yes. Goal of early bird is sort of to be flexible and meet you wherever you're at. We give you all of the information you need and all the materials to do it. And then you get to choose your own adventure. Let me take your founder of a business hat off. And I want to talk to you um, as a professional in your field from a personal standpoint as a mom. A lot of the pandemic homes are suffering from overuse of on-screen use for kids this age. And I'm one of them because we got super desperate. We turn on the TV, I need him to stay put. So I'm like, here's a TV or here's whatever. First off, do you have any activities that implement digital learning or are you staying away from that purposefully, right? Like, are we trying to stay as offline as possible? What are your personal thoughts on kids this age kind of being pulled into this digital world, like even just watching TV or being on the computer. What are your thoughts? It's, it's such a hard one. And I always start this one with like, the, you can't you can't do anything wrong. Yes, there is research that looks at like when kids should start watching TV, when they should be introduced to tablets. Early bird is a more brick and mortar. We're not digital okay. in that space yet. We are the alternative to a lot okay. of the online apps. And that's really where the screen free place that you can get your kid engaged and learning and interested and having fun that doesn't need a tablet. That being said, like we're all doing the best that we can do. And there is, Mm -hmm. there's so much rich content out there that if you, so my advice always when, because I think screen guilt is a huge thing for us, like, especially this generation of mom. And it's funny because I think like so many of us grew up watching TV and we're fine, but at the end of the day, it's about (laughs) intent. (laughs) <laughs> it's about intentional choices. So like Daniel Tiger, one of my favorite 
digital co-parents. Like the educators and psychologists behind Daniel Tiger are brilliant. I did some work with um, Sesame Street when I was living in New York City, and they also have a fantastic team of educators that oh, work there as well. Yeah. And so there are choices that you can make with screen time that aren't going to benefit your child cognitively, but there's also ones that you can put on anything by PBS. The teams at PBS that are educational experts are fantastic. They have your best interests in mind. Um, Apps is a little bit more hit or miss. There is There is some research around um, dopamine hits in juvenile developing brains. And so you don't necessarily want the candy crush style things going on. Um, Mm -hmm. There is, I'm more hesitant of those and TV, not hesitant of it all. There's some of the apps that I'm a little bit more precarious about, but there's also rich apps like Learn with Homer. It's a learn to read app. Again, it's a bunch of Harvard educational um, experts that created it with the goal to empower children learning. So it's sort of finessing what works. And we do have a highlight on um, our Instagram that highlights some of the digital tools that we do like love and believe in. And I'm always happy if people want to DM me and ask their opinions. Um, I'm happy to give my personal professional opinion on it. One of like my favorite quotes is that like kids just need a little bit of room to wiggle and a caregiver who loves them because that's what the research shows. Like uh, the research shows that if there's a caregiver that's engaging with them and they're having some interesting cognitive and sensory experiences, they thrive. And so we're helping provide that. Um, I'll be excited to see where we're a baby company. I'll be excited to see where early bird grows and what we can do. Um, But until then, we're happy to recommend digital resources because we're one part of your day uh, and we're also happy to give you our professional expertise and opinion on how to navigate some other aspects of your day because we all need that hour of TV time. Anderson, after dinner, from dinner till bed, that's where he gets to pick some shows and he gets to unwind and we all need that in our day. We do need time to just like turn off and relax and we as parents need to not be guilty about that. The kids need that downtime too. Their brains need that downtime as well. Well, I didn't know I was getting a therapy session out of this because I certainly did. I'm telling you, the mom guilt is real. And I know that I'm not alone in this mom guilt thing. Um, But I am probably one of the very few in my circle that puts limits. um, And I still feel super guilty. Um, and I, I mean, I'm lucky that my preschooler, or what, we call him preschooler, but he's not going to preschool, but like his age, toddler, I still consider him a toddler baby, really. He thinks he's a baby. Um, the, the, I, I, I'm lucky he doesn't love digital. He, he doesn't care for it. I mean, I, but I can't keep him busy, but he does love learning. That's why I think this is a great fit. And this is where I, I, I really wanted you on here, Renee, um, because I want to take my listeners on my journey of organizing my life as a mom, a homeschool mom to a toddler and to a homeschooler and being able to see, is this a right fit for me? And I, I want to take everyone on this journey. And so I appreciate your guidance because I feel like I feel like I have access to you. The one thing about Renee that I love so much is that you absolutely are accessible. I can DM her and then boom, before I even press send, she's answering me. And it's crazy. The woman is absolutely amazing in that she loves 
the the concept behind what you put out there. You love it so much. I can just I could taste it in your in your passion. I'm sorry that this isn't up before Christmas because I really think this is a beautiful gift to give to families with younger children or even just children in, in general. I'm going to use this with my 10 year old. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you should. I think it should say for ages zero to five and then Deb's kids because <laughs> yes. done because I think this will be super effective for me, too. I mean, I think it'll be good for me because I I personally cannot put things together the way my brain wants to. Right. Like my brain wants to do. I want to be a Renee and Sarah. I want to be you but I'm not you. So I'm going to leave it up to you. And I'm going to see if this whole thing works for the Bellino family. And I'm pretty, pretty darn sure it will. So I I don't know. Renee, do you have any last thoughts? Any last, you know? Um, no, I am so excited to see where your kids take it and what they do with it. And I cannot yeah. wait to see in a week, a month and six months from now where yeah. they're at. And I'm hoping you're feeling empowered and that you've shaken yeah. some of that mom guilt and that you have confidence in yourself that your child is going to crush it in life, in in school, whether it's homeschool or whether they go back to regular school or just be a good all around human. Like that's my goal is I, you're right. I absolutely love what early bird does, but really I love people and I love kids and I love helping other moms and childcare providers make sense of all of this. And I'm so happy to share my years of experience and my schooling and take one decision off their plate so that they can just take a deep breath and know that they have something that's doing the thinking for them and they can have confidence. I'm so excited. Like, I I just feel like 2022 is going to just rock, at least in this department. (laughs) Like, I can't guarantee the rest of the the global climate, but (laughs) we are going, we're going to focus at least on one good thing. I feel very, I feel very confident that this is going to work for us. And I, I think this is a great way to start the year. I want to challenge my mamas out there and parents out there who who want to empower their kids and themselves. And yeah, get rid of that mom guilt. Yeah. Get rid of it. I want to just take it and just throw it out the window like COVID. Just get, get, get rid, rid of it. Because I think what we need is to know that there are options. We have options. And I am grateful for the digital world because if it wasn't for the digital world, I wouldn't have bumped into... Lacey's stream and Lindsay's Insta story. And I wouldn't have seen this beautiful human who really is just the answer to my prayer. I just really need this to happen. So I'm very excited for this to go, you know, forward. I will keep you posted. Of course, Renee, I will keep my, my followers posted. I really encourage you in the show notes. I will add links Take a look at this membership. Give it to, give it to some, you know, let's, people, let's support some small businesses here. All right. Like, let's do this. That's one thing. Also a mama business. I mean, mama business, like, like I just, please, that you got me at mama, right? (laughs) And there's just so many people you can touch in just our community alone. So I'm grateful to you, Renee. I'm grateful to all my listeners for listening and being here and understanding that I think this is a really a need. I think this is something we can really turn things around in our families. Renee was here when we were having technical difficulties. You just know the woman's patient. I mean, she's so patient. She's been she's been doing her, you know, empathetic exercises in her bins, too, because she is so patient. 
Thank you so much for being on here. I love seeing your beautiful face. I love that we're starting the year, right? Yes, this was so much fun. Have a great day. I need my sass back. Signing off. See ya, guys.